was she just like a model or like I know she no, she was had a, like three albums. She was, albums, recording artist. She, was. Oh, she was married to to La Mancha there, right? Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Okay, La Mancha? Yeah. La Mancha, the man of La Mancha. <laughs> <laughs> she married Don Quixote. <laughs> you know who I meant. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Lucky Louie. Lucky Louie went 13 episodes with only one season on HBO. Here we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing June 11, 2006. Going to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... Most of the boys, Joe, Gordo, Ferg, no Nick this week. What's going on, guys? Yo. Now she's got one of each. There was so many quotable lines. That it's not the one I thought you were going to go with at all. I mean, there's so many quotable lines, but I, I didn't want to do something that we were going to talk about. Yeah, I mean, everything's so quotable. Yeah, in the in episode, like, you know. Is it going to be a barbecue this time? I also thought I'd get in trouble if I said, I don't like the black Barbie, and you guys isolated it for later. (laughs) Which I just did to myself right now. (laughs) Also, guys, I got totally thrown off. This episode of Life with Louie was really, really different than I remember it from being a kid. You beat me me to a Life with Louie joke. So upset. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, too, is like to remind people... Like so, this is Lucky Louie, which stars Louis C.K., not Louie, which was... Is way more popular show down the line went a lot longer. Or well, Life with Louie starring Louie Anderson. R.I.P. Lucky Louie being uh, an HBO sitcom. I think it was the first sitcom they did, right? The first like standard like sitcom style show. Like what? this, yeah. Remember, this is at a weird time for HBO when HBO is like super prestige. Like you're coming off of Oz, you've got the wire, the Sopranos. You've got Curve, which is a comedy, but is like considered a prestige sort of comedy, right? And then all of a sudden you have the dirtiest version of the honeymooners you could possibly have with like the lowest possible budgets. It's so different, you know? And it wasn't so prestige. You wait a couple hours, you're getting real sex like 120 and all this weird shit at night. Taxi cab confessions and all that bullshit. There's, um, there was speculation that part of the reason this show didn't last longer because I forget which show specifically, but it was doing better ratings than one of their like highly touted original shows that they had. And that show has continued on for a few years and this got canceled because they were just like, this is not like this was too like lowbrow for them. They they just didn't want to be associated with the show after the first season. Well, now HBO will cancel you even if you're in the middle of a season, because ever since the HBO Time Warner merger that happened. They've canceled a bunch of stuff. Like, there's movies that they finished, and they're Batgirl. like, no. Yeah, Batgirl, which had Michael Keaton as Batman in it. Never gonna see it. They said uh, it's so bad that uh, it would hurt WB's reputation. So for something to hurt WB's already bad reputation, it must yeah, be that's terrible. Rough. But I do want to see Keaton, who I love so much, as Batman. But well, you did you guys the watch Flash that show? Movie, the which is also controversial. <laughs> Wait, what is it? He's bat- That Batman is in the Flash movie coming out, Flashpoint. Does that mean I'm to watch a fucking Flash movie? Isn't that guy in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus He's Christ. Worth. So 
uh, with Lucky Louie, is this a show that you guys watched in its original run or after or anything like that? I watched it Far new. After. I watched it as it was out. No, because this is a uh, classic. Gordo didn't have HBO, so yeah, Gordo we, didn't get we, to watch it. I alluded to it a couple weeks ago when we did Curb that we had another half hour episode you know, coming out ahead of us. Half hour there and not ours. If, if you guys listen to us, you know that. Not only a half hour, the half hour without commercials. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, it Tough lasts. Tough to do. Because, I, you know, for, for those of you listening, right, most people know by now that we're in, like, a streaming world. But your standard sitcom that lasts a half hour on TV is really typically about a 22-minute show. And there's about eight minutes of commercials. But and some of those show, have, like, over a minute and a half of theme song in the back end right. and front end, too. So, like, when you really, like, nuts and bolts it, it's, like, about 20 minutes of actual show. And then these HBO shows come on, and it's, like, a full half-hour block full of, you know, content. On paper, it seems like it's just as long, but it, it really isn't. It's far longer uh, of an episode. But, um, and then we take notes for it forever, and then we talk about it for, like, yeah. three fucking hours before we cut down what you end up hearing. Yeah. So, yeah, this show, when it came out, I watched a little bit of it, but I wasn't, like, a diehard. Like, I don't think I saw every episode. I don't think. But I did see a good run, so maybe. It was so long ago, I don't really remember. 17 years now. There was, was an unaired episode that was on the DVD box set, but I don't, I forgot to look if that episode's on HBO streaming. Is, is this, this all available on HBO right now? I can check. With I believe phone. still on HBO, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a negative. It is not on HBO Max. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but no. So now I have to buy the DVD box set of this so I can watch it again. It's like $3, right? If you go on eBay, like I'm sure. Oh, it's I'm sure I could get it used on Amazon for like, yeah, a buck or whatever. I'm surprised they don't have either show. I thought maybe they'd have Louie. Louis actually Lucky bought Louis. the rights to his own show. You can go to his own website to watch that. So oh, really? He oh. has that available. Yeah. Did he I do that with this? on there too. I don't know if he did that with this. I know he did with Louis because it came up. He was on a, another podcast um, that I was listening to recently, and he had he had brought it up. Interesting. And um, yeah, well, so, so and real quick before we even get into the episode, guys, go to s one e one pod dot com. That's where you can find all the links to our social medias, where you can listen to us. Everything you need us related is available there. But again, S1E1Pod on Instagram, Twitter. Just give us a follow. Hit us up. Let us know what kind of shows you want to watch or have us do, rather. And, uh, you know, we uh, put all that stuff into account. we got a few coming up uh, in the works that are some stuff that you guys reached out to us and said you wanted to hear. So we do listen. We get to them when we can. So, yeah, let's get into the actual episode itself. Um, The show starts with Louie, and he's in the kitchen with his daughter, Lucy. And starts with her asking if they can go outside and play. And him telling her no. And she replies with why. And it's kind of that ongoing gag. It's been used a bunch of times in television where basically everything he said, she's just going to reply with why over and over and over again. This is, like I said, about two plus minutes of dialogue. It's also the Terminator 2 gag. But yeah, and you know what, though? Even though it's been overdone so many times, it really worked here, I thought. And to just kind of go into it without having to say the whys in between. The conversation kind of goes from him explaining how daylight happens because they can't play because it's five in the morning and it's dark out. Too early for food, man. Eating at 5 a.m. unless you're still right. drunk is a nightmare. And then um, then he's explaining <laughs> that he doesn't know about like, he's talking about how the, the, the world turns and everything. And he doesn't know because he didn't pay attention in school. When she asked why, he's like, well, because I was high all the time. And she's like, why? He's like, because I didn't think it was going to matter. and. 
Within 10 like, seconds, you know the vibe of this show, which I really appreciate. He's talking to his four-year-old daughter in this very real way now because it starts very parental, but now he's just kind of reflecting on life and why <laughs> he made the decisions he made and starts talking about how he works at the muffler store and he thought it was too late to start a new career and that, you know, her mom makes the majority of the money and starts getting into the economy. And I like that the after the final why in this whole conversation was him just saying, because God is dead and we're alone. And she just goes, okay. That was the end of that. You know what's funny about it is that's how psychiatry like really works. Is like yeah. they just go, and how does that make you feel? Yeah. Oh, and why is that? And you they, you basically break it down in your own head and then you start getting philosophical and all that. And that's what happens with him. Is really getting into it. Yeah, like, I really like the way he played it. That. I got that vibe too, that like she was almost playing like a therapist to him. My favorite thing about it is the like some of the lines I don't think are supposed to be as funny track funnier to me because he's having such a serious adult conversation with her when he says, well, we used to have good jobs and he starts going on the thing about like the factories and like all that stuff being gone in America. Now I find that so funny apparently just to a four year old. Like that's such a great conversation to have. Well, that's it. It's the, you're not expecting the conversation to get this deep when he's talking to his four year old daughter. So it just, if he's having the same dialogue with his buddy, it doesn't read funny. By the way, as a parent, if you want to get out of the why loop, you just answer because and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> you just screw out of there. Mm-hmm. That makes so, sense. And then, like, to get into, like, the set itself, I, I felt the, the kitchen, like, the whole set was a little too bland. Like, they didn't do a good enough job dressing it to make it look like a real kitchen. I like it. You find out how much money they make, and they live in New York. Sure. They're not going to have a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, they're struggling. Well... In in the bedroom scene, I I know the only time that the that the scenery popped out was like the bedroom scene later on. But like you could see the uh like the wallpaper, and it kind of had like the dingy um uh, like almost old photo frame like kind of built into it. If you notice right above the bed, and he, I just feel like it looked like a dingy old New York apartment. Like yeah, they... I stayed there at some point in my life, you know. Yeah, I've definitely slept on a floor in an apartment like that multiple times in New York and woke up and smelled like mold. And it I mean, for realistic uh, factor, I guess the real factor here, um, you open the front door into a kitchen, which New York City is the only place that like I've ever seen that you open up your front apartment door into a kitchen. Yeah, usually back doors open to a kitchen, not front doors. Yeah. And if yeah, your back just, door, your kitchen opens up, you also could just fall to your death, like uh, Andrew Dice Clay's apartment in that, that show we covered. Oh, bless this house, which uh, bless you guys this can house, back yeah. and listen to. There's a scene where she opens the back door and then they cut to the house and you're like, no, that doesn't work. There's no <laughs> way there would be, there's no stairs there. It's just outside. I just felt that something about the open um, rooms that didn't have a lot of set decoration mixed with the lighting, it felt like it was recorded like on set which obviously it is and most sitcoms are but i felt like it exposed it a little bit uh i needed just a little bit more texture kind of going on i feel it like kind of makes you effort... feel like you're watching a play feel, yes yeah. mm, exactly i get that i feel like the most effort they put in was the hallway of the apartment building like it looked like a li- like pretty legit yeah, the hallway like... was good later on we're at a supermarket um did the coffee shop was that where they were? Coffee shop or a diner? It was like a weird I diner. Tell. I diner, couldn't tell I if it was a diner or if it was the break room at their like eat. Yeah, like, I feel like we'll talk about that when we get to yeah, it. They, cut, I, they I was, cut to I a diner. You see it's a diner first. Yeah. 
from there we get to the intro of the show. I don't know, the cartoon, it was like kind of like yeah. poor animation like cartoons of the cast. I don't like um, it. it was I like long. it. It reminded me of Dr. Katz. I didn't oh, like yeah. that show at all. I hated that show. I also hated Dr. Katz. I thought that, I, I don't know, I, I thought the intro was a little too dreary. I thought it needed just a little bit more. I don't, I don't know if it, the, it fit the tone of the show. It would have worked with a fun theme song. Well, yeah, I will say, I, I did look up who the person was or the animation company who did the credits, because I was interested, because it's interesting, it's different, right? And the only other credit the person has is they did animation for a 2012 Moraka documentary. <laughs> and then I spent 25 minutes saying, Moraka Christmas, like Stanley from The Office. <laughs> like, from Guts? No, Moraka no, is from, like, The, the Daily, Daily Show. show. You're not, thinking of not... just Mora Cork. Mo. Go to Mo. I thought her name. The aggro crag. Yeah. Her name yeah. is Mo. That was the actuator. Yeah, but she's not, not Mo Rocca. That's though. not Mo Rocca. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> well, maybe if they bring back guts, we have to bring back Mike O'Malley, obviously. But instead of Mo, we replace Mo with Mo Rocca in 2023. <laughs> to be fair, crowdfund this. I will throw down the first twenty. That intro, by the way, ends with the you hear Louis's voice say that this uh, episode a was a cartoon boob. Oh, well, I was going to say, the, the audio at the end of it is him just saying that Lucky Louie was taped before a live studio audience. I like when they actually say it. It's a real throwback these days because it never happens anymore, but yeah, it puts me right in the We don't have spot. to speculate either. Yeah, there's so many episodes where we go back and forth and we can't tell if it's canned laughter or not. And I, I don't know. I think there's just something added to it when it's legitimate laughs. By the way, this is the first HBO show to be taped in front of a live studio audience. Oh, I can't well. imagine Oz being taped in front of a live well, studio audience. <laughs> a lot of their shows are not formatted for such a thing. That's why, you know, we said this might even be there for a sitcom. So, Like the crowd's laughing too much where he's stabbing a swastika into that guy's ass. Can we please maybe reset and not do this in front of a studio audience? Yeah, that's when the light flashes for everyone to go, ooh. <laughs> From the intro, we get to the next scene. We're back in the kitchen and it's Lucy's fourth birthday party. And there's like about 10 people there, you know, just over the house for like some cake and presents, mostly adults. There's only a couple kids there. Lucy starts to open her gifts. The first one being a doll from her aunt Tina. Is it her aunt or not her uh, aunt? They're not I, aunts. Mike and Tina are just friends. Just Louis's best friend. And they're like best friend friends. And I, it's right, Mike's I wasn't, boss I wasn't too. sure if her and Kim were sisters or not. So just she, friends. She, she, she's the, the friend aunt yeah. that everybody has. Hey. Yeah, she's with the the big mustache guy. I know okay. um, visually that makes zero sense, but... And R.I.P., Mike Haggerty, he's in a million things. Oh, he passed? He passed last year. He was in one of my... Fa he's like in my favorite scene in all of the first Wayne's World movie. I was going to say, that's. I would look through his credits because I'm like, I know this guy. And I'm, and he's in a bunch of stuff, but it was like, oh, no, Wayne's World. That's, that's where I know him. Uh, he was in a show that came out last year on HBO, actually, too, called Somebody Somewhere. It's like a sitcom comedy that he was like the dad in. And I know they were filming a second season. I don't know if he was able to film any of it, but that was a really funny well, show, too. Well, probably coming can't. soon. He definitely can't film anymore. Not can he <laughs> film now, Gordo. Did I he film anything? Was he able to film past? any of it? <laughs> but uh, all right. So not his aunt. But um, in any event, she gets her first Barbie doll as a gift. Lucy's pretty excited by it, but Kim, her mother, who's um, Louie's wife, played by uh, Pamela Adlon. Bobby uh, Hill. Oh, I forgot that. Oh, really? That. Yeah. I, oh, my God. She has so many other credits. She has, like, a show now. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but she's kind of, like, the centerpiece of that show. She's, like, the star of it. She uh, also is in I know her the best from Louis. Californication. 
She's good. She's in a ton of stuff. I, I love her. She's always good and everything. I'm a huge she's fan. She's great. And honestly, for this role watching this episode, and we'll see more as the two of them interact, I thought she played the perfect wife for Louis. They, their levels of comedy really worked well with one another. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess just while we're here, too, we talk about Mike Haggerty and Pamela Adlon, but Laura Keitlinger and Jerry Minor, both uh, SNL alums, uh, oh. and Jerry Minor, too, from The Office, from the oft-forgotten season eight, a season I think some people hate more than season nine, but uh, the whole storyline where Val's got a boyfriend, he owns the Jamaican restaurant, and yeah, 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 he plays the boyfriend who Daryl's uh, sort of fighting over Val with. Yeah. He's like making the tacos for everyone. He's like, yeah, because you're fucking my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's in a ton of stuff. If you yeah, look up his he credits, he's in like every show we've half the shows we've done on our show. If they were made in the last 20 years, he's been in an episode of he's on everything. But uh, yeah. So in any event, when Lucy gets the, the Barbie, she's really excited. But uh, Kim reminds Tina loudly in front of everyone, kind of like. I've told you I was against Barbie because I feel like she misrepresents women and she doesn't want her daughter to grow up and worship a tiny stripper, which I, I thought that was by the first one that, that I thought that, well, yes, right? yes, it's rude. I thought it set the tone for the show when she called Barbie a tiny stripper. Um, also, why wasn't it in a box? She opens, it's just wrapped Barbie, but it's not in a case. Just, yeah, it lose all. Good I would point. have liked if they, if uh, uncle, her uncle's gift was in a box, but the parties weren't. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, well, Barbie, it's funny because to, to go on to what she said, they have, they've changed Barbie over the years now, right? They've kind of changed the image a little bit. And there was an episode of um, the Toys That Made Us that kind of covered Barbie. And although I was not a Barbie collector myself, I thought it was a really interesting episode of television. So it's an I, interesting history. Yeah, if you ever watch that on Netflix. And um, they did change her image a little bit to kind of make her a little more not stripperish i guess as kim would say listen man barbie's empowering okay she's gonna be an astronaut she can be a cop she can be anything she wants to be all right an electrical engineer <laughs> or an actor so and they have diversified the looks but it's funny because this is what happens next because the next gift is from the neighbors joe you just mentioned the actor who is who, he's in the office he plays walter here and um he he's black and so he's with his wife and, and child you know they're a black family they're oh open our gift next and then lucy opens it up and it's a it's another barbie but this one's a black barbie <laughs> lucy just starts crying immediately and said that she doesn't like the black barbie <laughs> it makes everything so uncomfortable <laughs> in that moment i loved it the awkward level of yeah. this show is pretty fantastic and then you know, maybe so if she sad. wasn't up since five o'clock in the morning maybe she would have a little bit more yeah, poise she might be a little a little cranky composed, but, yeah and that that's when mike says as joe said earlier you know now she's got one of each <laughs> <laughs> he's so good as the like just quick comment guy the the say what everyone else is thinking type yeah. of role you know so she's crying so to break the silence um her uncle jerry chimes in and it's like oh why don't you open my gift next by the way um that's uh rick shapiro you might know him from Pootie Tang, which Louis C.K. wrote and directed, I believe. Yeah. I love Get Pootie that Pootie. <laughs> Pootie Tang did it again. So, he um, also, uh, he's great in, um, if anybody's ever seen when Mark Maron had his show that was on IFC for a few seasons, he's in a bunch of that and he's really good in it. I saw he was in Maron. Uh, he also was in an episode of Mulaney, which we covered. 
Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, Mulaney. I forgot Man, I wanted that. to like that show. I wish yeah. I could forget about Mulaney. But um, <laughs> so she goes to open his gift next, and this is supposed to be the redeeming gift after her getting upset from the Black Barbie. Opens the box and it's a gun. And when she pulls it, like you see everybody in the room duck because she like kind of like holds it out towards everyone. Yeah, she like dirty Harry's it, so everybody just yeah. put their hands up. I don't know why they were so scared. She didn't turn it sideways. It wasn't a kill shot. That's true. You can't kill somebody unless the gun is turned sideways. Or if you hit the hammer with the back of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> true. And we find out that it is a replica, but um, probably still not the best idea to give a four-year-old girl. It, it made me just think of, like, when we were kids, how often we'd get, like, toy guns and how there were, like, toy gun aisles in the oh, toy yeah. section of toy stores. Just whole aisles of guns, and I had so many yeah. of them. Do you, do you guys remember we had the realistic cap gun ones we pulled the orange things off and the cops came and took them from yeah. us yep well that's the thing well because we grew up right in that era right when that was starting i think we, we were still kids before then but that's right when they started putting the orange tips on toy guns because there were some unfortunate incidences of children pointing toy guns at people with real guns and bad things happened anyways like carl winslow uh, and Die Hard. i shot a kid he had a ray gun looked real enough <laughs> but, you know, I don't know why I know that dialogue. That. What's funny about that is they only put like the tip of the gun as orange, so that you could just take it off. Now I think that the guns themselves are orange. They've made them like, a, a lot black more, tip. yeah. Obviously, toys. They even did it with like the Nintendo gun at one point. Most of them right. now, I mean, just, yeah, he's right. A completely orange or green. You you can't make that mistake. Yeah, but like when we were kids, it was like a realistic looking gun oh, yeah. with um that. And then um I think when we were teenage like late teenagers, we had the pellet guns that like looked like real like glocks and stuff that shot yeah. like BBs. And fucking was, hurt. It did. Doesn't matter if you're drunk, that shit hurts. To go back to um Mike again too, by the way, when the gun comes out and all the commotions happening with that. He's like, well, it's going over better than the Black Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think at this point it's getting too weird, right? And Lucy's still crying. So Kim's like, all right, let's call it a night. And as everyone's leaving, Louis stops his neighbor, Walter, and he's like, you know, well, thanks for coming by with the family. He's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, we live across the hall. And he's like, Louis's like really just reinforcing how great it was to, for them to come, you know, nonetheless. And he's like, okay, and <laughs> just leaves. Yeah, he's pushing a little hard. Yeah, I, I like Walter's hesitation there. He's like, what's up with this guy? And him just, him just being like, um, okay. He's just walking off on him. I don't know why. Of all the things that happened in this episode, I find that really funny. Their interactions with each other throughout the whole episode is just funny. Like, it's just so awkward between um, Louis C.K. and Walter. It just they let that it... awkward silence, like, breathe. You really have to yeah. do that. When you, wanna, when you want that uncomfortable awkwardness, you really need to leave those silences in there. I imagine that must be harder to do as well in front of a live audience, right? Because you're mm. like, you don't want to ruin the chemistry of the moment. But if somebody laughs or something, it can throw you off. And there's always that one person who laughs a second too fucking early when you're trying to do something that like breaks the uh, sort of tension of what you're doing. Well, I mean, if especially um, like if you've done SNL, like um, who plays Walter? Jerry, Jerry Minor. Um, like that's that's nothing. That's a good point, too, because him and Laura Keitling are right, both alums of SNL, meaning they had so much time in front of studio audiences to learn to, like, not break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, stuff that makes you break in front of a live studio audience is usually 
won't even make the cut on a show like this. It's not like SNL with it. It's live. Or on SNL where sometimes it's funnier than the actual sketch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or modern SNL when nothing's funny. That's not true. I've said this before. Modern SNL Weekend Update is funny. Yeah, Weekend Update. Those kids who do the videos now, the three kids, I forget their name, their name or whatever, but they do like the digital shorts. That's like them in they their office. They haven't been on week. it in ages. No, not the Lonely Island. They basically picked three random cast members and went, you're our new Lonely Island. No, no, no. These guys are way funnier than Lonely Island. Lonely Island was never funny. How dare you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Of course they were funny. No, They're none hilarious. of that shit is funny. Dick in a Box is the stupidest thing in the world. All those songs are fucking awful. <laughs> Clearly this guy hasn't seen Delicious Lettuce. <laughs> also they did and they're like, not a just cast album. members they're writers and they're comedians and they're very funny and they're digital they're like shorts are super good and you don't think that the lonely islander funny comedians and like i think writers? they're funny comedians i was just saying i don't think there's lonely island stuff is funny what about hot rod hot rod is funny <laughs> okay i will give you hot rod and so, r.i.p uh, robbie knievel and yes, that's my boy i don't like that movie i know but, you hate uh, that movie that's why i brought it up <laughs> But uh, so the last to leave the house is Uncle Jerry, who before walking out asks if he's like, maybe I'll just wait a couple years and give her the gun when she's a little older. And Louie's like, no, man, just leave. So now everyone's gone and Kim's taking Lucy to like get washed up before bed. And she asks Louie if um, while she's doing that, if he can clean up the kitchen a little bit. But as soon as she leaves, he sits down to have some of that birthday cake because like no one ever ate the cake. Kim walks back in like a second later. She's kind of just going back and forth, grabs the two Barbies, throws them in the trash, and then grabs the cake and said, like, don't eat this crap. It's all, like, hydrogenated oils and just tosses that in the cake, in the uh, trash. And and the part, at this of... point, I hate her, by the, the way. The whole audience groans when she throws yeah. the cake away. Like, why would you waste all that cake? Oh, waste all that food in general. Like, you can tell they clearly don't have a ton of money, right? And, like, look, yeah. cake is not good for you. And, but it's, it's you not? have food in the house. Don't waste it. You know what I mean? Also, she threw away the kids' gifts, and she clearly loved the first Barbie. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that's a weird move too. Also, that was only one of those were two of her three gifts she got. The gun had to go back, and then she threw away her other two gifts. So this kid got no gifts for her birthday now, and yeah, no leftover cake. Uh, it's one and of no those. Cake. Yeah, I guess what crappy birthday. From Kim's perspective, because she had made it clear to her friend before she didn't want her daughter to have a Barbie. I guess it's somewhat justified because she had made that known beforehand. Yeah, but the kid seen the Barbie already and loved it. Expressed right. yeah. how much she loved it. You don't take your, that from your kid. And you also don't see what uh, they get her. Like, as far as I, I know, they didn't get her anything. Uh, they got her a birthday party with Domino's and a cake she wasn't allowed to eat. And that's what they got <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> Did you ever have any of your toys thrown away as a kid somebody gave you? I can't recall that happening. Not instantly. <sighs> to, maybe, my, well, to my knowledge, unless it happened maybe, like quickly behind my I'll back. I'll have to think. That's a weird one to put me, put me on the spot for. I, would I so know angry. I must have. I feel like it's just traumatic if it happens to you that you'd remember it. But Oh, my mother wouldn't have cared. My mother would have just tossed that shit right out. And told well, me the to thing is, up. as you get older... That's when, like, the parents do the whole, you know, you're away at school, so this is when they grab the trash bag and start cleaning out some of your old toys that you don't use as much. Like, it's a time-honored tradition. So my mother's trick was always, she told me and my sisters that this poor family that lived at the street's house burned down, they lost all their toys, and we have to give some of them. And this would happen every year, so you're just thinking, like, this is the most unfortunate family of all time. <laughs> we need to move. There's a pyro who lives down the street. Yeah, has anybody been looking for here. the arsonist in Winthrop? Maybe we should try to track him down. 
So when she leaves again to get back to her daughter, Louis heads right over the trash and, and he starts eating the cake from, uh, from the barrel. And uh, like, you can hear her from the other room being like, are you eating out of the trash? And him just like flat up being like, yeah. Yeah, she's like, don't eat the cake out of the garbage. She yeah. knows immediately that he's going to do it. I love that he doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and keeps eating. And after he had like a few bites of cake, he grabs like this magazine and sits down at the table with it. As he's flipping through it, he took notice of someone in there. and Jessica uh, Simpson. He, as we find out later, it's Jessica Simpson. And um, he, he audibly goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and he stands up with the magazine and then heads into the closet with it to enjoy the magazine by himself <laughs> yeah so yes to to mention it for you know, those of you who are listening are probably louis ck fans obviously the content of which happens in this episode is a little eyebrow raising knowing what happened later down the road with him in real life um oh. i don't think we're gonna get too into it <laughs> but a little a little odd that it happened in this episode because just knowing what happens. But I, I, I think that's that's all we'll say on that matter at the moment. We can say he'd probably things would have been a little better if he just kept to doing it in a closet. Perhaps. Probably. <laughs> and um, so while he's in the closet, Kim heads into the kitchen and she's trying to find one of her daughter's toys that she likes to take a bath with. It was like the old duck or whatever. And eventually, while looking, opens the closet where she discovers Louis, who's engaging in some hand-to-gland combat. This scene, when she's walking around the kitchen and you know that he's jaying off right there, was, and I've seen this show before, this was so tense to me. It was like I was watching like a top political thriller and there was like an assassin <laughs> around the corner. I was like, no, she's gonna yeah. catch him! It's like, it's like Sonic the Hedgehog underwater when the countdown starts yes. and that music starts kicking Oh my kicking god, that's in. perfect. You can't find the air bubble? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> So, um, Louis shamefully heads out of the closet. Kim grabs the magazine from him and goes, Jessica Simpson, really? And then she walks out of the room and then he just goes, well, I'm not jerking off to her music. <laughs> that, that was like <laughs> the perfect reply to that. It's, I mean, yeah, he immediately say that? wipes the slate clean at that point, right? Like, that's what, like, that's what would bother her. It's like, I mean, I'd be offended to that. What, jerking off to her music? Anything to her music. I think what we did had... she sing? Like, was she just like a model or like I know she no, she had a, like three oh, she albums. Recording artist. She was. Oh, she was married to to La Mancha. Nick, Nick, there, right? No, Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Okay, La Mancha. Yeah. La Mancha, the man of La Mancha. <laughs> <laughs> she married Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I meant. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh man. So, your club, uh, Jay. I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> Jessica Simpson, as far as vocal talent went, in that era of all the, everyone was just like a blonde pop star, like it was her, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Mandy Moore. She was actually one of the better vocalists. She actually had a great voice. I nah, think, man. Ashley got the talent. Mm, <laughs> I don't I, even remember I couldn't even anything tell about Ashley you. Simpson. I couldn't even tell you what Ashley Simpson even did. Whereas, like, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera were, like, good. They were, or like, well, they were, like, the top two of that era. But Jessica Simpson, like, legitimately can sing very, very well. I think it actually got overlooked by the fact that she had, like, a playmate-like body and look to her. 
Wasn't Jessica Simpson also the person who didn't know that chicken of the sea tuna wasn't actually yeah. chicken? Yes. 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 And yeah. buffalo yeah. wings. Case closed. Yes. I think and- that was for the show, if I'm being honest with you. I think they tried to dumb her up for a reality TV show. I don't think anybody's that dumb, but <laughs> what do I know? I-, I hope for her sake that that is the case. That was she did the commercial with the buffaloes have wings. If I remember, well, I think that was that a was play playing off, off of it. That. Playing yeah. off of it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know what band was Nick Lachey in again? One of like the forty-eight boy degrees. bands, right? Ninety-eight degrees. Holy shit! Again, the other forgotten band um, of that era. They um, they were one step above O Town. One of their. How dare you? O Town is great. <laughs> one of their music videos. <laughs> I've offended you for so many weird reasons tonight. <laughs> one of their uh, one of the ninety-eight degrees music videos stars the late great. Dustin Diamond. Well, he cameos. Oh, wow. We're talking about all the cool guys tonight. So now it's the next morning, and we're back in the kitchen, and Louis heading in, and he's asking Kim if he's going to take their daughter to school this morning. And then Kim's like, oh, by the way, I made some tea. And as Louis sits down to start having some, she goes, is now a good time to talk about the closet? Which he obviously did not want to talk about. And she asks him, like, how often do you do that? And he's like, I don't know, not very. Like, I don't know, it's like, whenever you're not around. Is the closet special? I, yeah, I like it's my that. jerk-off closet. Well, to be fair, to be fair, there is really no other room that we can see. Looks like there's a bedroom, probably daughter's room, a bathroom. bathroom you probably do it in the bathroom. Where yeah, you, can you probably lock would. the door. Tiles that you gets cold. I mean, you um, know, you <laughs> lay right down a rug. You're good. She um, she then asks if um, like, what do you normally think about? She then says, do you ever think about me? His face when she says that is fucking amazing. It was great because it pauses because it's like, uh, you think he's like, how do I answer this delicately? Or like, what's the right way to answer? But instead of taking that approach, he just goes, what are you, high? Why would I do that? Honey, that's magic time. I can think about anybody. I can even combine women. I can take Britney Spears' head and put it on Barbara Bush's body. I was like, Joe. What? What right kind there. Of, going right now. I was going to say, that's a, that? man, that's a man with a vision. <laughs> that's uh, a Joe man right there. Uh, well, please, let's not maybe so much. Uh... <laughs> but um, I was thinking, first off, yeah, the weirdest combination of people to pull from. But also, if... Was for... Barbara Bush first no. lady at that point? Uh, no, no, no it's like 2009. <laughs> really? 2006. I mean, was it it feels like this was in the early '90s. The way that like the film is, it does look a little. It looks. It's really done to videotape dated. on purpose. It's because they're yeah. poor. So everything looks poor. Yeah. No, but, um, I mean, I really thought this was early '90s. No, this is like the other oh, Bush is the first lady at the 2006. Time. Yeah, so it's Laura Bush. Yeah. If you're oh. gonna pick another first lady from that era, though, you should obviously pick Nancy Reagan because she was notoriously known for her. Uh, very good fellatio skills. Oh. I oh. think they called her Golden Throat, I think was actually her nickname. What? No, you, would, you wouldn't do that because it has Britney Spears' head, so you wouldn't get that fellatio. Well, you, okay, so you take Britney Spears... Okay, so my choice, I guess, is Barbara Bush's body. I don't want to keep talking Nancy about Reagan's this. Head. I don't, I don't want to do this. Well, you opened up Pandora's <laughs> box, my friend. I didn't open... Well, it was... Well, right, Louis did. <laughs> Louis opened up. But to go back, I thought, like, from Kim's perspective, do you think that's, like, almost a little hurtful when he's, when he's like do you ever think of me when you're doing that and he's just like what are you high 
Come on. I mean, I'm just. I was sitting alone watching the episode and said, "You say yes and walk away. Say yeah. yes and I walk said away." The same thing. I said <laughs> the also, exact same thing. Kim commits a golden relationship rule here too that you don't break. You don't ask questions like that. Like you, you just know how that stuff works, and it's the same thing as being like, "Tell me every person you've had sex with before we met." Like you yeah. don't ask these questions. You pretend it never existed. And then there's never a there are questions, but I guess like in that moment, it's just the real question is like, do you it's almost like, do you still find me sexy in a way? Right. Like when she asks that, you should have just been like sometimes and then he could have given both half half of the answer and just gotten out of it, too. Yeah, I mean, you should have just said, yeah, and just walked away. But. Well, I like I like when he continues on, he like walks over to the closet and he's like grabbing at the closet. He's like, this is all I have. (laughs) he's like we haven't done anything in ages and uh he's like i thought i was past the point where i needed to be jerking off in a closet but here i am and ken's like kind of understanding when he explains it that way says like you know i don't mind that you do that i just don't want you to have to do that like she she tells him don't make any plans this week we're gonna have sex every night this week and uh he goes well, that worked out a lot better than when my mom caught me jerking off. My <laughs> <laughs> diggity dog, let me put that down on my PDA. And at this point, his daughter walks in. So now her and Kim are going to head out for the day. He's, she's going to take her to school. And on the way out, Louie tells Kim, hey, you know, I'm going to clean the house a bit while you're gone, which she was very excited to hear. Like, because now Louie's feeling good. He knows he's getting laid tonight. And uh, when she leaves, as the door closes, uh, he says to himself, I'll clean up everything if you suck my dick once in a while. <laughs> like, and he said it like a little under his breath, so it's like easy to kind of miss when he said it, but I thought that was great. It's just strange seeing that like language on a sitcom. Like we've we've done raunchy shows before, but this one's filmed like a normal sitcom. So hearing it on that, <laughs> it was just weird. That it's was jarring. Kind of, it was kind of the calling card for this show, if I remember when it came up. Yeah. Like, it's a sitcom, but we can swear. Like, that was, like, the whole thing behind it. And I thought it's fine because it sounds natural most of the time. Like, it's not overdone. We'll get into the character later. But when we meet the character of Rich, that was the only time I felt like a lot of the swearing was just in there to be there. Yeah. But for the most part, like, a lot of the swearing, and maybe just because I got to cuck them out sometimes, I think, like, it just doesn't flag my ear too much. So it didn't, it just sounded normal to me to hear people swearing naturally in conversation what's interesting is now that there are so many shows on so many networks that are not restricted by standards of cable television television or whatever like you do see swearing and nudity and all this stuff on tv shows all the time but somehow this one feels jarring still and it's because this feels like a classically made sitcom right it'd be like if you're watching all in the family and edith just came out with her top off I, I wouldn't go that far. But... <laughs> Sorry, I was just I was just putting closet material in my head for later. <laughs> so um so then he heads out into the hallway um to throw out the garbage that, you know, he, he said he was cleaning up. Their apartment is so small. They threw an entire sugary cake. He saw the cake in the trash for one second. And could not eat it. Do you not think he wasn't getting up in the middle of the night smelling that cake in that, like, 50-foot apartment Then was eating more out of the trash? He I feel probably, like he had, had, he probably had more of the cake. It's straight-up raccoon, man. 
<laughs> so um so while he's taking the trash into the hallway he runs into walter again his neighbor from earlier and as they start to talk walter notices the gift he got lucy in the trash <laughs> and louis like oh no but we didn't just throw out the black Barbie. Look, we threw them both out. And he's like digging through to find the white Barbie as well. To be like, look, see, we threw them both out. They and did a good job too of actually burying the white Barbie way deeper in the trash to make him have to actually dig through cake trash to pull yeah. it out. Which I wonder if that was like a rib on him from the set people. And then Walter tells him, I was just offended that you threw our gift away. It didn't occur to me that there was a ra- racist angle. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's the, it's not the fact that you throw out the black Barbie. It's the fact that you throw out a gift that I bought your daughter for her birthday. See, it's a real yeah. bitch move. Louis then asks why he got her a black Barbie anyways, which I thought was kind of a weird It's a question. fucking insane question to yeah, ask. Yeah, it is. Like, um, why'd you get her a black Barbie? And he's like, but Walter's like, because they were half off. <laughs> I mean, his response is perfect. But, like, think of, we were kids, right? What did we, we loved wrestling figures right yeah. i had a big thing for gi joes or whatever plenty of black wrestlers plenty of black gi joes never once was i like you got me a black wrestler like you know what I mean? like and i don't i don't think even if they did that my parents are i can't imagine somebody ever being like well why'd you get him ahmed johnson yeah aside from his terrible work rate we could be uh, so lucky unfortunately there was no ahmed johnson hasbro it just no but there was a jacks and i do have him there was a jacks yeah this can i just be- say yeah. i can't talk <laughs> Why the hell would you go and take your whole garbage pail outside to throw out the trash? They have a trash chute. Yeah, they have the chute, yeah, so you just have to dump it right They have in. a trash chute. Yeah, but you put it in a bag and then throw the put bag in, in the chute. Put it in a bag chute. and take it out. I mean, Makes it easier for the trash man, too. Yeah, that's just Well, some of those buildings have incinerators, move. though. Yeah, some do. Like, that's a real old-school New York building, so there's a good possibility that Literally, every once in a while, your whole building just smells like burning trash. Oh, it smells like delicious cake in this sense. Yeah, but I mean, that's you... actually a good thing, right? Well, I don't know if it counteracts the plastic Barbie smell, but... Mm. <laughs> so every now and again, you gotta throw an orange in there or something. <laughs> Spice it up. But uh, yeah, next scene, Louis uh, in what might be the dirtiest diner on Earth with Mike and his friend Rich. Rich, I mentioned a minute ago, played by Jim Norton. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. So at first I was like, is this like their break room? But when you look over, there's like a counter where someone's working and it looks like he's cooking. So they cut to us. They cut to like a transition shot that shows the diner. Right. I didn't catch I that. didn't notice. I didn't, I didn't notice a transition. But yeah, there was this thing like, obviously, this can't be the break room, right? Like there's no no muffler place would have this. So yeah, because we sure. figure they work at like a minor key, right? You see it later yeah. on in the show. But from even from this, you don't assume that they work at like a muffler manufacturer. They work at like a little garage that does. Yeah that stuff so it's gonna have like a coffee maker in the back and that's it so with that being said why does this place look so disgusting new york yes yeah. new york uh, to be yeah. fair i've also probably one of the nights that i stayed in one of those terrible new york apartments probably had coffee in the morning at a diner that looked very much like this so i think it's just an old dirty place I, I think it wouldn't make sense for those characters to go someplace fancy i think jim norton would make fun of a fancy coffee shop too much oh you character. know for sure this, this just seemed like it was from prison so I was like, this seems a little, a little too dingy. Yeah, Louis telling the other two how Kim had said, "Hey, we're gonna have sex every day this week." They they ask him like, "When was the last time you had sex?" And he was like, uh, "Like four months ago." And they they both start laughing at him. And then Louis like, "Well, when's the last time you guys had sex?" Mike's like, "I had it a couple times this morning." And like again, I'm like, "And he's with Tina? Like how? <laughs> like it's just 
Yeah, I of said all that the sitcom-y too. mismatch couples, like I just don't see the two of them together in any facet. Well, Tina I love Lata's... it though because they're both sex crazed and they both yeah. talk about yeah. it. Tina loves the sex. She does. She she makes that very clear later on. Mike must be pretty good at it. He might be. Rich says that he got a hand job in a parlor a couple weeks ago. <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and he's like, "Oh yeah, just a hand job a couple weeks ago in the parlor," and then does the big boob. Uh, yeah, he's like holds his hands hand in front of his motion. Head, yeah. So I thought he said, maybe this is me being deaf. I thought he said I got a hand job in my parlor. No, he meant like a like a rub and tug place. Oh, okay. I thought he meant his parlor too. I did too, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was at up. Well, maybe I'm. I don't know for sure. I don't know either. But if any of our listeners out there ever gotten a hand job at a parlor or in your parlor, message Joe directly. I don't want that fucking message. (laughs) Do do not go to S21 Pod. J Gags at. Not not my personal Instagram either. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I can't even say Joe's because I fucking to this day can't remember it because it's just so long. You don't have to say your Instagram handle. I'm not going to. Yeah. (laughs) Just unnecessarily long. Cannoli um, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Mike then tells Louie, you know, Kim's only doing this because he's trying to have another baby. Rich is like, do you think she woke up this morning and saw that dirty, freckled cock and thought, yeah, I want that stuck inside me? Which replies, maybe. Like, it's even a, like a halfway I, I possibility. Loved, I loved how he responded to that. And, I'm, um, in, I'm more impressed that they figured that out. Yeah, they, they both. I mean, I think I get it from Mike, right? Because Mike seems like, I mean, he talks later on that he's on his third marriage. He seems like he's he's navigated this. Well, I think when you go from, we haven't had sex in four months to her randomly saying, we're going to have sex every day for the next seven days or whatever. Something's it seems up. suspect, yeah. Yeah, but that came after she caught him jerking off in the thing and he made her feel bad about not fucking. So yeah, so that's how I correlate them. Until he said that. That's how I interpreted the situation. I was like, oh, she's thinking I'm not doing enough at home. Like, he needs to find this other escape. Like, I need to yeah. reignite our passion. That's that. That's how I read that at first until he said it. I will she- say, though, what makes it suspect is when you think back on it, right? Because, like, these are two very hardworking, tired parents, right? Yeah. Like that, in a, especially even a traditional sitcom, that would have been like, this weekend, no plans, Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to bring Lucy to my mom's house, and we're going to have wild sex weekend. That is more of a, I'm trying to make this up to you situation. Yeah. If it's like, we're going to do it every day this week, that's more of an ovulation scenario. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If she was trying to make it up to him, she should have said, go sit down in the parlor. <laughs> yeah, like, you come back and he's like... Well, she felt bad for me, so she jerked me off in the parlor. <laughs> now we're even. It's actually one of those, um, as you say this, it's kind of one of those weird situations where we don't see the living room. I don't think they have one. I don't think they have one, yeah, because yeah. that door seems to open up into where, like, two bedrooms and a... It, may, it might be one of those situations where there is a living room, but they've converted it into Lucy's bedroom. Yeah. Oh, that's true, too. So uh, Rich goes on to this rant about, like, how women are inherently bad and because they have all this power. Mike kind of contest that, but Rich is like, the mother rules, and you can't raise your hand to your mother. Mike's like, I'll hit my mother. I'll, <laughs> that I'll made punch me her, laugh. I'll punch her right in the face. I thought that was going to be Joe's line at the beginning. He <laughs> says it so dry 
and he like looks off to the side like he's been thinking about doing that for a yeah. long time it's because a he was great fucking like, performance he was like defensive of the fact of being told that women have all the power because he was like what no i have power <laughs> like so i'll punch <laughs> you right in the face ass. Like he gets that thousand yard stare. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'll punch her. <laughs> during uh during this conversation, um Well, I'll just say this to poll the two people on this who are married. Gordo, do you feel like you have power? Oh god no. Yeah, there it is. I have Same no here. power. I am I am below the dog. Like yeah. wife, cat, dog, Gordo. You have cat dog? <laughs> I was just gonna say it, <laughs> fuck you. Alone in the world is a little cat dog. God, one one day with a wolf and a purr. <laughs> Maybe it was bowling in a cow's little stir. What is wrong with all of our brains? I know the whole thing. No blue bunny, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine, little cat dog, cat dog. Meow, meow. Cat dog. Meow. Alone in the world, little, little cat, cat dog. dog. Aren't they bringing, are they going to bring cat dog back? I feel like they're bringing back a bunch of those characters. Probably. I'm I mean, sure at some point in time. I don't know for sure. I don't watch a lot of Nickelodeon at this age, but <laughs> I mean, I think that they did like a, a video game, like a they tried to do like a Mario Kart type thing. Oh, like an like, All Star? No, like, it was a um, fighting game. It was um, oh, okay, a okay. fighting game. That yeah. seems weird. Like, like no, Cat like, Dog versus Inside Out Boy. Like guys, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, stick Stickly. Oh, oh! You mean write to me, stick stick Lee, P.O. Box nine six three, New York City, New York State. We used to know things that were like you know important to the world. Quick, now ask me math. Yeah, I know. Ask me Pythagorean theorem. Well, let's not go there. Well, yeah. So moving right along. So as as Rich continues to talk, this teenager walks up to him and says, "Hi." Rich is like, "Meet me in the bathroom." And then a second later, excuse himself. He's like, um, give me a minute. I have to go sell some weed. <laughs> like, I think one thing we didn't mention, too, is that, you know, so everyone's hanging out together and everyone is dressed like adults. But Rich is just in a bathrobe. Like, they're at a diner and Rich is just in a bathrobe. Oh, is that what he was in? I thought I he was tell, in, like, I a smoking tell that was jacket. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know. He's just noticed. in a bathrobe. Because anytime you see him the whole series, he's just always in a bathrobe and shorts. Oh. So uh, okay. ne- <laughs> next scene, Louis heading home and he runs into Walter in the hallway again. And Louis trying to make it up to him and he offers to have him over for dinner tomorrow night. And Walter is trying to get out of it. And he's saying, oh, I, you know, I work late. And Louis like, no, 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 no. Like, let me make it up to you. Like, I'll make meatballs. I just thought it was such a random item to just be like, I'll make meatballs. I love meatballs are one of my specialties of my food. So I totally related to this. Well, I'll make you guys meatballs sometime. But but were you presented as like just making meatballs? No, I'd be like, I'm gonna make gravy and like a big Italian yeah. dinner. We'll have spaghetti. Meatballs will be part of it. Maybe meatballs is his best dish, and he really wants to mend this relationship. So he's gonna make him his best thing. I know. It yeah. just seems like I've never been like, oh, what are you having for dinner? Meatballs. Like it's not. It's it goes. It's, it's weird to not add item. spaghetti yeah. into the yeah equation somewhere, and when you're naming it, yeah. What if it's Swedish meatballs? It could be Swedish could meatballs. Be. I'm not into Swedish meatballs. I'd be a little upset. I'd be expecting. I don't, I don't like Swedish out. meatballs eh. either. I like them at IKEA. They're not bad. I, mean, I don't but... dislike them. I mean, it's basically just meatloaf. And yeah, and basically that whole thing buttons up with Walter finally agreeing to uh, go to dinner, and Louis seemed pretty excited about that. So next, we see him walking into the bedroom where Kim's like already laying in the bed, and she asks him, "Is like, is that a new shirt?" 
saying that it looks good on him and how it's, you know, maybe you're losing weight. And, you know, she's, I guess she's trying to just set this mood a little bit, but he's just wearing a ratty Red Sox t-shirt. Why does he have a Red Sox shirt on if they're living in New York? Well, he's from Boston. Yeah. In real life, he's from Boston. He wasn't born in Boston. The, he's pretty yeah, much but on the there. show's context, is he supposed to be from Boston still? They don't I mean, they don't say it, but I guess you could it, infer. Yeah. Probably just a little nod because he's from here. But also, like, I don't know how you get your ass shirts. kicked in New York. I went to a Miami Heat game when I had to go to, like, a work function in Miami once, and I bought a shirt. So, like, I've, you know, I don't have any... I've done that at a week. Like, if I'm traveling to see sports, sometimes I'll grab a shirt of, like, a team or something to commemorate it. Yeah, it's kind of just like a memento. And this looked like Miami Vice, so I was like, all right, I gotta get this. <laughs> Nothing makes less sense to me in the world than, like, you at a Miami Heat game. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> oh, the, the best part about it, too, is that... Uh, all of the like corporate people at my company were like we're all going to this game together we're like okay i've never been to a basketball game before professionally that'd be fun but they all got like an owner's box and they put all of us like in the stands so we could just like look up and see them all like <laughs> Woo! we're sitting there drinking like 11 dollar miller lights being like oh god damn it they're looking at also, look at the peons <laughs> i've seen every major sport live except for football basketball i think is probably one of the most enjoyable to watch on tv because it seems like it's moving so quickly and is so slow in person. They oh, stop basketball everything. Life. No, I love basketball life. I like the mop men. Yeah. They I'm pro mop man. My dream job is to do that for the Celtics. Come out. Do you think it's the same guy who drives the Zamboni in the winter is the mop man in the spring? And then he's the guy who runs the big tarp across the baseball field when it starts to rain. He, just got, he gets drunk one day and rides the Zamboni across the basketball court. <laughs> Joe, I know this is uh, this is an audio podcast, so a lot of people won't be able to catch that. But can you just do your putting the tarp up motion again? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> but um, well, well, there's a tarp over here. Yeah, Joe looks like he's going skiing uh, for, the, for those of you listening. As soon, as soon as Louie heads into the bed, she jumps right on top of him and starts making out with him. And he breaks away from her and is like, why are you doing this? He throws her off of him. He doesn't yeah. just break away. Yeah. And Pamela, <laughs> I didn't look up how tall or anything, but Pamela Adlon is like, looks like she's maybe 5'2 and weighs like yeah. 90 pounds. But he throws her. He could throw her. <laughs> I just like that. Well, he looks concerned. He was like, why are you doing this? And she just looks at him with a straight face and goes, I want your dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I need it. And he's like, You've been hating on my dick for like four months now, and now you need it? What's up with that? She's like, well, I forgot how great it is, and I remembered. (laughs) And like the way she's delivering it, you can tell that she's not being sincere. She's not being sarcastic, but she's not. She's like being robotic. She's trying to just say what she thinks he wants to hear, but she can't put emotion behind it because it's not real. Yeah. Only she grabbed his crotch and said, that's my purse. I don't know you. We'd be in a much better place right now. (laughs) And then um, he asks her straight up, are you trying to get pregnant? And she says, yes. And he's like, we can't afford a baby right now. And Kim reminds him that, like, you know, we agreed after Lucy that we'd have another baby so she wouldn't be alone. Louis's like, this isn't a good time. We currently have negative $50 in the bank right now. We would need to actually raise $50 just to be broke. I love that line. And the studio audience did, too. It's yeah. a great line, yeah. And every, I mean, I feel like we've all probably been there. I know for sure I have. We were like, I have negative money in my checking account. I don't get paid for two days. What do I do? Not eat. That's one thing, I guess. Uh, if you're that poor, don't be throwing cake in the trash, you bitch. Right. Bring it back. <laughs> don't, don't waste the trash. Ferg is so hung up. Ferg yeah, you're so really mad about it. I mean, I just don't think you should waste the food. You know, I'm a man, like, you're, you know I'm a man who loves cake, but I was more mad about that she threw away the gifts. 
Berg was like, you just threw away my favorite alcohol chaser. How would dare you throw this cake away? <laughs> man, don't hate on the cake chases. For those of you who haven't been listening for a long time, uh, it's been revealed on the show before that Berg's favorite chaser for hard alcohol is a piece of cake. <laughs> oh, it's not my favorite. It happened once and it was at your house. <laughs> but, a day uh, that will live in infamy. <laughs> and um, Kim's telling uh, Louis that, you know, Lucy's four and, you know, I want to get pregnant now. He says, like, well, you're not getting pregnant without my sperm. And she hits him back with, like, that's not your sperm. That's our sperm. That's my sperm. Then, like, lunges at him. Like, as if she can extract it from him by just grabbing it out. Right at that moment, Lucy walks in and asks Louis to read her a book. And he goes, yes, thank God. I guess it's uh, good that he turned her down. The little girl would have walked in on a mid-bone. That's true. Yeah, that door wasn't locked. If everything went according to plan right from makeout, it could have been a real awkward point. That door wasn't even shut. Yeah, if you're planning on having sex with little children in the any children anybody in the house, how about that? Just anybody's in yeah. the house, lock the door. How hard is that? Also, her tactics are all off. She wants to get pregnant. You wait for him to go in the closet, wait a few minutes, and then bust in, you know? And do what? With the <laughs> cop? I'm like, oh, ah, I'm <laughs> at that point the hormones are running, he's not gonna be able to turn her down, basically. Was she gonna like jump on him though? <laughs> like I don't understand how this no, works. She just you know enter and then get involved or jump. I mean, that's on good him. unless you time it wrong and then you have a uh, grandma's boy situation when you open the door. Not if she walks on her hands and then he'll shoot and go right into where it needs to be. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> she backs up to him on all fours, just waiting. Beep beep beep. This is the same guy. I'm just government can tell like a dirty joke in a Muppets blocking. episode. I'm picturing. Well, this is like a the... dirty show. I'm picturing like the exorcist walking. <laughs> you ever see that? Walk down. So yeah. uh, to close out the scene real quick, <laughs> I like that. Um, when he no, I'm just thinking of what the exorcist throws up and I'm thinking of it being calm. And I hate you so much for this. <laughs> but just watch scary movie. It happens in that. Moving along. Uh, when he's reading her the book, he's quick to notice. That it's a story of like, it's a story about a family of bears. And he's saying out loud, like, there's the mama bear, the papa bear, and one baby bear. <laughs> and you can see Kim flipping him off, like, you know, the daughter doesn't see it. And that closes that scene out. The next scene from there, we have Kim and Tina, who are at the supermarket, and they're talking about what happened. And at the mention of Louie refusing sex, Tina asks Kim, like, do you think he's, like, doing something on the side? And Kim explains that he doesn't even wash anymore, and she's pretty sure that he's the only girl that will, like, even, like, potentially get near him. And Tina says that shouldn't matter. And how much, and Tina brings up how much she wants sex herself and says that Mike stinks. He just holds her nose and fucks him. Oh, how romantic. A trooper right there. A good woman is what she is. I gotta say, like, I shower every day, but I am like the sweatiest individual in the world. And I have to only imagine that there have been moments where it was like, I probably smelled just terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would imagine, like, seeing, and no disrespect to, uh, to Mike, but to needing that dick that bad. <laughs> I mean, he must have crazy good dick. Like, the fact that he stinks, too. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. We gotta put up, like, a like a picture of him. I like that, um... R.I.P. Also, by the way, guys. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Stinky dick. Listen, I didn't speak ill of the dead like these assholes. Yeah. Well, you guys are bad. Leave him and his Pringles people. can dick alone. He has passed on. Well, uh, Kim says, like, you know, none of that's even the problem. Louie won't fuck her because he's worried about money. 
And Tina's like, you charge him for sex? The way she delivered it, I thought was just so great. And Tina starts explaining, you know, like, you're letting him think, like, way too much about it. Like, you just need to seduce him a little so he doesn't think at all and you just go in for it. And then she's, like, demonstrating on this roast that she's (laughs) already holding. And she's, like, grabbing it and slapping it and, like, kind of talking dirty to this roast. And there's another customer who's, like, behind them in the aisle who, like, turns and kind of has, like, this disgusted face. And Tina's like, what? I'm going to buy it. And then, like, I don't know, a second later, she just throws it back anyways. As she's it right back. <laughs> See, I was expecting, like, the the mousy-looking librarian girl behind them to, like, kind of kind of be like, oh, I got the vapors. Like, you know, be like, oh, oh, She should have oh. Harry met Sally and be like, I'll have what she's having. She should have come buy? and grabbed the thing that she put down, <laughs> the roast that she put down. But to be fair, it's already tenderized. That's one step done. Yeah, that would have been like a, I, a actually a nice little button on the episode. Of, it ends the same way. She says, "What? I'm going to buy it," and then throws it back. And then that woman just runs up and grabs that roast and puts it in her um, carriage. That would have been like a nice little way to close that. Because then she goes home, has sex with the roast, well, and then has it for dinner. Well, well, um, all right. Uh, <laughs> as as one does when they buy a nice roast. I'm sure if you type into any of those hubs and tubes, no. you can find something similar. And just search on s1e1pod.com to find all the roast sex you need. <laughs> yeah. Step roast. <laughs> His name is Come Chuck. Come on, roast beef. Come on. You guys aren't even thinking of roast beef. Moving right along. Uh, the next scene. Imagine Louis... a three-way, a roast beef three-way. All right. All right. So <laughs> next scene. Louis sitting at the table after just finishing his dinner. And Kim walks over and shoves her chest, like, in his face. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot my glass. <laughs> she's trying to seduce him, as, as Tina mentioned. She's acting sexy in a very cropped MC5 t-shirt, and it was working for me. <laughs> and then um, she walks over to the oven and, like, opens it and bends in, you know, like, without, you know, bending the knees too much. She's like, oh, look at this dirty, dirty stove. And Louie's like, stop it. She's like, why? Is this turning you on? She's like, yes, dummy. <laughs> I just, like. Something like about calling her a dummy there was so funny to me. So in any event, she just goes for a full-on grab here, and she's got a big old handful of Louie at this point. <laughs> handful of Louie. And His she goes, freckled cock, as we found out. Yeah. yeah. So after he says that he was being turned on, yeah, she grabs his dick and goes, well, do something about it, you big fucking pole smoker. <laughs> <laughs> just completely unexpected and so fucking funny. I just wonder, like, how many times did they have to do that line? Like, can you look him in the eye and say that straight face did not laugh? Yeah, like, how many, how many, like, cut-ups did they have of that? <laughs> and he tells her, we can't afford it. She says, stop thinking about it. All you should be thinking about is all this ass and bends over in front of him. He leans over into her ass and screams, we can't afford it. <laughs> he just yells into her asshole. It's such a fucking great moment. I fucking died when he did that. Just wasn't, I just didn't see it coming. It's crazy. He's be he's able to think with his head and not his little head. Like in that moment, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's impressive, right? Because financial ruin be damned. Most people would be like, "Well, here we go." Well, speaking of financial ruin, she says, "Like, yeah, talk to it, baby." <laughs> he screams into her ass. <laughs> I love he, her ability. Like, if this is a real conversation, right? Like yeah. her adaptability in this situation is she's, very. She's commendable. trying so hard to make yeah. it work. And he says, my dick is too aware that your pussy's a chamber of financial ruin. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, if that's not going to turn you on. So she storms off in anger after the rejection. But now Louis is too turned on from what just happened. He's back into his closet. 
<laughs> when the doorbell rings here, it's that same feeling you get earlier in the episode where it's where she's yeah. coming in. He's in the closet. They do such a good job of being like, no, don't be in the closet. You forgot dinner. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so much stress. Well, yeah, because he answers the door and it's Walter and his family because he invited them over for dinner the day before. For and meatballs. Look, for, for meatballs. And, and they're uh, all dressed up. He's got a shirt and tie on. She's holding a bottle of wine. I know. That, it's, it like, broke that my heart. Was, <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah. so bad. I felt so bad, yeah, because they look over and they see that they already ate. Like, the dinner table had, like, you know, just, like, the remains of food on plates. The fact that they didn't clear the dishes makes that scene so much yeah. better. Yeah, so the, the best, little touches. The best part about that is there were no meatballs on the table. It was just, like, a cold lasagna. Walter's wife's like, great, thanks for dinner, and, like, walks off with the daughter. And then there's just, like, this nice near minute of what what feels like forever. of Walter's just standing there and staring daggers at Louie before walking <laughs> off. Like, it's so awkward. I, I really loved it. Because I, I would imagine this took a lot of convincing from Walter to get his wife and kid to want to go after they threw away yeah. their gift oh, and all yeah. that other stuff. And they agreed, and then he just looks like an asshole. <laughs> now what's your move here he already says earlier that it's late when he tries to get out of the dinner so you know it's late the whole family is dressed up and they haven't eaten do you go back home and order food do you just say fuck it and go out and get something you get a pizza the, yeah they probably order a quick pizza or something like that i don't know you probably go out i guess do it a depends full dinner on late. where they live it yeah, great. Great. i was really city, craving but... meatballs <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they're dressed up. You might as well just go to the nearest meatballery and actually get an Italian dinner. Meatball. We're going to Giuseppe's Meatball Palace. Come Here down. comes a grease ball. <laughs> Luigi making you free food. Why you got to make Why it a fun? Fun of Luigi. <laughs> Luigi's making a pizza. I'll say this, though. When they, like, until the doorbell rang, I forgot that they were supposed to come over for dinner. You know, like, it's just one of those things that it, it happened so much earlier that, like, it's out of your brain by the time it plays out. Yeah. A lot is a going point. on, too. I didn't forget. I didn't realize it was a different day. That's a good point. Yeah, you know it's going to happen, but you don't know if that's already happened and we missed it because maybe it's not a big enough event for that episode. So, yeah, it, that's when you realize when the doorbell rings. It's like, oh, fuck, no. Why are you doing this to me? The next scene, uh, Louie and Mike are at the park. They took Lucy to go out and play. And she runs off and the other two are just sitting on a bench to talk. Louie was like cracking like a like an MGD can like just while hanging out at the park. I mean, to be fair, drinking at the park is one of the best things of all time. Okay. Have you done okay. that, like, since, like, past being in your young 20s? Yeah, like, well, I mean, used to, like, like road soda, like, on the way home from somewhere, like, crack a beer and just, like, walk through the park. Nowadays? Well, not now. I don't go anywhere anymore. Well, no, <laughs> but I mean, like, I can't think, of, like, in my, like, into my 30s, just kind of walking through the park, drinking a beer. Joe oh, goes a few to the years, park, like, watches all the moose play on the swings. Yeah. During COVID, especially, <laughs> we met up with people a bunch when, like, you couldn't go anywhere inside. And we'd, like, meet up with friends and everyone would get beer and you just sit outside in the park and drink. Yeah, it was great. Well, I mean, uh, I, I guess we have multiple, not a children's park like that. Um, oh, I wasn't sitting yeah, at, like, a teeter-totter drinking. Yeah, yeah, that's a little weird. I mean, I guess, like, it's no different than, like, I go, I go on like bone walks. Yeah, it's the same thing. My dog. Okay, right? now I know this what, sounds different. I know what you mean, but when you say <laughs> bone, bone walks, <laughs> well, I can't. Well, I you see a lot of people like do the the bone cruise. I don't, I don't advocate for that. I don't advocate for getting fucked up and driving. I don't, I'm with you. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Um, I know a lot of people that do that, and it's just as bad. To get real here, it's just as bad. Oh, no, I hear you. So, I mean, typically, like, if you're going to throw a bone in your mouth, you'd rather just be, you know, both feet on the ground. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I, yeah. 
Yeah, I can't be in the sitting <laughs> position with the bone in my mouth. It's hard to steer when you've got a bone in your mouth. <laughs> hard to control a vehicle with a bone in your mouth. So, uh, so Louis tells Mike about how he was right in that Kim just wanted to have a baby. Now he has to choose between having another kid or no sex for an entire year. And Mike's like, just have another one. Like, that's how life goes. You fuck, you have kids, you eat. That's all. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of just the the big points, right? Yeah, uh, it's really simplifying it, but I mean, he's not too far off, right? That's Louis tells him, you know, money isn't even the real main thing. It's like this feeling like he has no control and how he keeps like walking into these traps. And when he got married, he's like, oh shit, like I can't leave now. He's like, and I never even thought about leaving, but it was just like, now I know I can't. And then once I had a kid, I was like, fuck, I could have left. The door was right there. There wasn't even a lock on it. Like, <laughs> now I can't leave. Mike goes on to tell him, you know, it's normal to feel that way, but like it gets better. You know, you're only on your first wife. Like when you're on your first wife, you make a ton of mistakes and then you have your second and you try to correct all those mistakes. And in the process, you make new worse ones. But then when you get to your third, you know, you'll enjoy it. Like that's a good marriage. Like that third wife, that's a marriage. I just love that Mike is just a dirty version of Wilson from from, um, Home Improvement. (laughs) He's the voice of reason, but like all the worst reasoning. Yeah. To be fair, we don't know much about Wilson, though. He could have been pretty dirty behind the scenes. He was very exotic. Well, he was that's exotic, why he never showed he's his related face. to the Beach Boys, and you can't trust them. <laughs> Louis tells him, you know, I'm still trying to make this first one work. He's like, well, good luck with that. And you know what? I'm going to, is that, you think there's any validity to this idea of need, not needing multiple marriages? Obviously, what he says is, like, ludicrous, but this idea of, like, Every time you get married, you you have better insight. Because I don't necessarily buy into this theory that, it, like, if you're this many marriages deep, like, you might be, I don't know how to describe it. it I don't. <laughs> I'm only on marriage I, one, and I hope to stay on marriage one. Yeah, I just don't um, see it as being, like, a learning experience. Like, oh, I learned all this stuff I'm going to take into this new marriage. Oh, that one doesn't work. Now I have more learning experiences. Like, any relationship could take you there. I was going to say, I feel like it's more of a relationship thing, right? Like, you wouldn't do things you did when you were 17, 18 in a relationship. Same thing with 25 that you would do at 35, right? But do you feel like that's a, is that a product of you getting older? Is it a product of the experiences that the relationships in the past gave you? I think probably a bit of both. There's probably a little A and B there. Well, like, all right, so hindsight is 2020. Like, does it matter if you don't need to get married three times to know that? Like you, as long as you can look back at the experience, you should, if you're a smart enough person, learn from your mistakes. Oh man, you yeah. don't learn from your mistakes. Everyone else is wrong. They need to change. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That said, we're also all extremely flawed and don't learn from all our mistakes either. So, you know, you, you kind of gamble a little there. If you think for a second that Ferg was kidding, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, was right? kidding. Come on. <laughs> Well, Ferg is on his fifth marriage right now, so. <laughs> I'm like Rick Flair. So, uh, I think he's more than five right now. Yeah, I he is a man that five. needs to, that, that missed the sweet spot. He needs he's to not, not be married anymore, for he sure. He's not someone who learns from each marriage. He's now walking to the next one with more insight than before. So um, the, the next scene, Louie and Lucy are heading back home. And once they get there, like, Louie kind of brings her in the door and tells her to go find her mom. And then he shuts it so he can go across the hall and knock on Walter's door. And when Walter opens, he's just like, oh, Jesus. And he tries to just leave. And Louis stops him. And he's, he's trying again to make things better. He's like, you know, we're having a cookout. Like, why don't you come by? It's like, you know, the next day or something. And Walter tells him, let me put this simply. I don't like you. 
And Louis's like, that's okay. You know, like, just come anyways, and we'll get to know each other a little. Walter tells him, you know what's offensive to me about this is I'm getting this distinct feeling that you're just trying to acquire a black friend. Louis goes, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's, it's just like the same as that. Are you eating in the garbage? He's like, yes. <laughs> like, this is touching, though. Yeah. His whole reasoning for this is very touching, right? It's kind of like, look, I might be too, it might be too late for me, right? Things might be fucked, but I'm trying to make a better generation ahead of us. Right, yeah, because yeah. the story he gives is, is about his daughter, and it's nothing even that bad. It's, it's, he's like, you know, when she was two, we had a guy come over to fix the refrigerator, and that guy happened to be black. And she points and goes, refrigerator? He's like, yes, that's right, refrigerator. And then, you know, several months later, they're on a bus, and she sees another black person. And she pointed at him and went, refrigerator. So it's like, that's when he realizes my daughter needs to be around more black people. And it's, it's weird because you don't, like, Louis shouldn't want to hang out with Walter simply because he's black um, to just fill this void he has. But there is some truth to the, the mindset of my daughter needs to be more exposed to all different types in the world. But you can't hang out with someone simply because they're black and, like, I need one. You what know if the what daughter we're... wasn't wrong, though, and when they were on the bus, it was actually Refrigerator Perry? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, hey, cool. Super Bowl <laughs> Shuffle, man. Let's do this. Uh, you know what it made this much better is in the beginning of the show, when she was crying, she should have said, I don't want the refrigerator. I don't want the refrigerator, Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> It Fuck, have I feel like you'd have to flip it around some because it wouldn't. The joke wouldn't work in the beginning, but there should have been something there, like a refrigerator. She should have said something about a refrigerator. How could they though? Because you don't know this joke yet. It wouldn't have made any sense. Well, that's the point. It gets explained down the road. Foreshadowing. You could have teased, potentially teased something, and then came back around to it later. But um, I think it even could have been when they were at the barbecue. You could have had them at the barbecue, and he could have said, hey, man, I'm sorry she threw away the refrigerator Barbie. Like, it could have been Louie saying it later on once you knew the origin of it. Oh, but we don't don't even get the cookout. There's no payoff. Yeah, no meatballs, Uh, no cookout. Well, there is. No meat, just freckled cock. We don't see the cookout, but Walter does eventually agree to it. And he says, like, after that whole story, he's like, you know, I understand, um, but I still don't like you. And Louie's like, that's okay, just pretend. <laughs> There's something so sad about that. Uh, just, just pretend to like me. The excitedness about that's okay as long as you pretend is kind of like childish and, and fun, though. Yeah, Walter does ask him, like, is there actually going to be a barbecue this time? <laughs> you know, he just was um, falsely promised meatballs recently. Yeah, he's like, got to fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, Louis promises this time that there is going to be a cookout. So Walter agrees and he goes, I guess it's worth it if I can help one little white girl learn the difference between a black man and a refrigerator. <laughs> Everybody has great lines in this. There's not a line wasted on any character. Even as we go into the next scene of the check cashing place, even the check cashing guy gets a great line in. Yeah, so as you said, they walk into the check cashing place and before they walk up to the cashier, they're going through like all the bills they have and they have their checks and their bills. And I didn't even know that you could pay your bills at a place like this. I That I was going to be my next question. I was like, is that a thing? I know yes. check cashing places are a thing. I didn't know that you could be like, hey, and put these towards my bills. Yes. Yeah, it's for people. I mean, it's not so much. You can still do it. I think this sort of stuff is not as widely spread now that there's auto pay. People do direct deposit and things like that. Um, but there's like one right next to like the Starbucks here, right? Where they have the sign out there where it's like, pay your bills, cash your check. 
And they, t- they charge you a fee for everything. So you're losing money for every transaction. Just because you don't want to, like, write a check yourself and put it in a mailbox. Well, I think right. it's for people who don't have checking accounts. And again, I think that was more prevalent. There is. Yeah, back it, in that's the part day. of it. This is 20 years ago almost now. Yeah, things um, have changed. Yeah, where I mean, your phone is a credit card for crying out loud now. Yeah, you have to have a license to do it, though. You have to have a I mean, look, I've been. When I used to, when I worked at a Staples, when I was like, what, 16 or whatever, I didn't have a bank account yet. So like the first, because you're like 16, exactly. right? So I'd go to the check cashing place in Revere to cash my check every week. They take like 1%, right? So when you're making $100 a week or whatever, they take a dollar. Like it's not a big lift. So that's how they make their money on it. But I've heard so many drug deals happen in there waiting in line to get uh, by checks cash. I think it's like, unfortunately, that's sort of what it like comes down to, right? It's people who are in a lower status where they have to go there because they don't have a bank account or people doing sketchy shit. That's because it's a cash yeah. transaction. I mean, but there are also like... cameras all over those places. And the non like the ones that are like Western Union or like uh, branded to a big company, there's like bulletproof, bulletproof glass everywhere, cameras everywhere. And um, you have to have an ID to do any transaction. They photocopy it. Or take a picture of it. Uh, also, they almost always sell scratch tickets too. They'll have like the scratch ticket machines and scratch tickets behind the counter. So the people who just hang out hang out in there all day, oddly, usually smoking cigarettes inside, and no one seems to care, and just like buying scratch ticket after scratch ticket. So it's a weird situation. I've been in a million of them. You know what's crazy about this part too is you hear just how much more money she makes than Louie. Yeah, she yeah. makes like eleven hundred dollars. I'm I'm assuming this is weekly. I'm assuming the muffler shop pays weekly and her job pays weekly because this is before i never had a job that paid bi-weekly until probably well after 2006 it was jobs like seemed to still be weekly i had I one and it was target target was bi-weekly i've been paid bi-weekly way before that the heat miser paid me um like i was salary like on the 15th and the 30th or the end of the month i was terrible a lot of unions do stuff like that too it's basically yeah, but usually you make a shit ton of money to make up for the 15 days without pay you don't well, get like seven bucks an well, hour no, you're shilling. making the same amount that you'd be making you're just getting two weeks worth of it yeah, you just have to learn yeah how but to... you also get taxed like you're uh a big spender what happens too yeah. what happens is a lot of these bigger companies you are paying for every check that you have to like each each cash you issue is a transaction cost. So when you have like thousands and thousands of crew members, you can pay biweekly and you're saving a ton of money yeah. by saving on all those checks sure. throughout the year. Um, but it sucks. My work attempted to do it uh, when we were negotiating our last contract and we fought against it. Yeah, it's so a big thing. A lot of unions bring that in. It happens to well, it's usually a negotiation tactic because it'll save your company money so it's a way to get something else so then they'll haggle down to something silly like that because people don't think much of it realizing it's saving the company money to pay for something else you might get i say the worst thing though is being paid monthly oh yeah the budgeting I, of that i'm, I'm way so too hard. irresponsible for that it's so like newbury comics i know they pay their manager i was never a manager there i worked there as like a whatever um but the managers got paid monthly and the employees got paid weekly like, imagine getting a check for, like, however much you make in a month, right? And then just being like, all right, now budget for the next 30 days, right? Yeah, like, your I'm brain toast. can't. That's too much time. Like, yeah. 
Doesn't matter if you've got savings, doesn't matter if you're decent with money, you're gonna fuck something up by just having this large chunk of money given to you, yeah. and then having to spread it out for 30 days or whatever. Yeah, and anyways, while they're in that line, they're like, they're, they're literally sorting through, like, how many bills can we possibly pay for with their money? And, like, having to weed things out, like, alright, uh, we're gonna have to let the phone go, we're not gonna pay the phone this month, they're gonna have to cut it. While they're working through all that, Kim's like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to work a lot more overtime this month. Louis's like, all right, well, whatever's left, you know, we're going to, we'll use for dinner tonight. Because they had handed the bills and everything to the cashier. I thought that was going to lead to them forgetting about the cookout and going out to dinner. Me too. It, oh, it would have worked out that way, though, That's right? a great, that would have been great, yeah. And then uh, you could have had that last shot of, like, like Walter just outside. Yeah, <laughs> like, in the courtyard and it started to rain or the something. The family's yeah. all dressed up again. But, um, yeah, when the cashier finishes the transaction and the money back after they pay all their bills, not even all of them, just the ones that, that were essential. They're left with five cents. And Kim breaks down. She's like, e- we can't have another baby. She's like, you know, like I wanted one so bad, but like this debt is like, it's just too much. Louis's like, well, at least we have one, a pretty decent one. You know, some people don't even have that. And I appreciate his trying to make it the best of a bad situation. Yeah, he's like, we already got like, the one though. She's like, cause you know how much she wants a child and another child. Just like the financial situation they're in, it's just too tough. And she's finally accepting that. Like, we just paid bills, not even all of them. We have five cents to get us until our next check. And that's that a really sucks. scary place to be in. And uh, also, even if they're paid weekly, they have five cents to get through the next week. Yeah, they have a child. You know that's what I mean? A, yeah. like, that's, that's tough. If you're just going through whatever. Louis's only bringing bat in like less than 200 a week, and she can work overtime. He can get a second job. She can do overtime. They'll be fine. Well, so he has to watch the kid, though. Family! Yeah. I don't think they have... I, mean, I, I think, know that, Because he mentions in the beginning when they're having the why conversation that he works at the muffler shop so he can take care of her. Yeah, it's true. But you wanna, the math on you it want to leave the kid with that uncle who gave her the gun? Yeah, you don't want to leave him with Uncle, uncle Rich. Desperate times. It's, instead, she's with the dad that beats off in the closet. <laughs> I did some math, though, to do the uh, inflation calculator to see what they made this week. Say it was weekly, what it would be now. And it comes out to together about ninety nine grand between the two of them, which weekly consider no a per year. Okay, like their combined oh. income is ninety nine grand per mm-hmm. year. That's not gross. That's net, right? We're we assuming that because that's what their checks were going to be. Yeah, that's what their that's checks were. So that's net. Yeah. So you know, that's, that's decent net. money if you get the fuck out of New York. Yeah, I was exactly. going to say, how Ooh. much do you think that apartment in New York would cost right now? That rent is probably eighty twenty five hundred to three grand for that small apartment. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. now you're looking at almost forty grand a year in just your rent before you've eaten anything, bought any, you know, paid any bills. You're already down. So like, that's a car. tough economic yeah. situation. Yeah, they don't have a car. I don't think in this, but if you wanted one, you'd be done. You know. Yeah, I mean, in New York, Boston, California, Miami, apparently, you that that's nothing. Hundred grand, nothing. To be nothing. fair, I weirdly was looking at Miami real estate the other day. It's expensive. It's like you I can get a condo if you want a small condo, though, for like two hundred grand. Florida's, yeah, but it's like in, Mass- in Boston, here, that's six hundred grand. Up. Yeah. Well, they they were talking about rent. There was like a Instagram thing from I think I saw like Business Insider, and it said like the top five most expensive places to rent, and it was like New York, Boston number two, San Francisco number three, and Miami number four. And I forget what number five was. I think it was San Diego. That's because Florida's there. <laughs> it's probably all Florida. You know, it took me so long to figure out 
Florida. If you Florida? put them all together, <laughs> yeah. it's it Florida. took me a long time too. Where I'm with you, the real think piece. I'll say that I didn't get it the first time I saw it. I mean, it didn't take me super long, but the very first <laughs> it took time, me years, it, it didn't. years. So, um, and then even as they're walking out, Louis sees one of those candy machines that you know you uh, turn the crank and get whatever out, and ask him like, "Oh, do you want some gum?" And like holds up that five cents that they just got. And he puts the money in it, and he turns it, and nothing comes out. And I couldn't get off this. You can't put a nickel in those machines. I was going like, to say, it's 2005. No. It's not like 1975. The cheapest like, one you'll find is a quarter. I've never in my life saw one that was under a quarter, ever. Nope. Not, not unless you were going to like a retro museum or something right. like that. And that just seemed like then. one of those oversights. Like, why didn't the cashier, instead of saying you have five cents left, be like, you have 25, 25 cents, cents left, yeah. you know? Like, the, the idea of, like, throwing, I was like, that's why it didn't work. You threw a nickel in it. Yeah. <laughs> feel like, you, feel like you didn't get stuck. So, uh, but yeah, in any event, it ate the money. The last five cents they had just got eaten by this machine, right? So, Louis heads over to the cashier, and he's like, you know, I want my money back. And the guy just tells him to go home. and Go home, sir. <laughs> he yeah. still calls him sir, though. And he's like, Kim's like, come on, let's go. But Louis's like, he's hit his breaking point now. He tells Kim, like, listen, you want a baby, and maybe it's for stupid reasons, but, like, we're not going to let the cable company and the phone company tell us that we can't have one. He runs up to the cashier and he's like, are you supposed to tell me that I can't have another baby? Like, that's right, sir. It's like, (laughs) he could have easily said, like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't care if you have a baby or not, but he's like, nope, that's right, sir. I feel like that guy must deal with so much shit. I was going to say, that man's seen some yeah. shit. All day long that he isn't oh taking from God. anybody. Working at a place like that? Yeah, you've seen shit. Yeah. And he's like, well, guess what, asshole? We're going to go home and make another baby right now. And Kim's like, wow, you have like an anchor boner right now. And he goes, I'm going to fuck your tits off. <laughs> right off. Not a line you catch in a lot of sitcoms. Uh, <laughs> Not the ending line of a sitcom. Yeah. And all and I then, can uh, think about at this time, though, is the stupid barbecue. It, was, it burned too. into my brain at this point. So I'm like, are they going to fuck through the barbecue and then they're going to cut to them outside with nothing? Again? <laughs> like, it went through my head a million times in this episode. It is a missed opportunity not to have Walter outside alone next to like a brick barbecue or something. Yeah, they, they could have had that. Like, but, but the last shot we do get is them leaving that place and then walking back into their house. And Kim's like walking towards their bedroom and he just stops her and grabs her and throws her in the closet and then follows her in there. It is a good button on the episode, though, that he yeah. wants to do it in the closet. So that, so as it turns out, because she would asked him way before, like if that's like a special place for him, apparently it really is. The closet does something. Three like and now he's so now that like mental memory, right? Because he's so used to jerking off in there that now that he sees this as like a sexual location. So now he's like inviting his wife into this world. It's like a sexual Narnia. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know the Chronicles of the Narnia. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. No, I don't. I've never seen that. You go like in the wardrobe; grade. it takes you to a whole new world. Come on, Joe. Narnia. Isn't that Joe, Alice we read it in like third grade. We watched like it. Like, we watched the uh, stupid yeah. play at that place play. that went up like to take you to. Yeah, I the never any Shore of those plays. I remember going to those plays. I I probably just slept through it. The South Shore. Yeah, music yeah. theater is that yeah. what it was yeah, North Shore. Like that. North, North Shore, Shore music theater yeah all I remember about that play oh well, about the play and that story in John because I never saw any of the Narnia movies or anything but uh, neither did I okay. I remember that a big a big thing that got the kid in the closet was like Turkish delights right wasn't that the thing are those, are those cigarettes 
think they're no, I don't believe so. I believe it's candy. <laughs> candy. <laughs> it was Joe Camel. I'm like, yo, come is here. Is that a pack is, of Turkish gold cigarettes? <laughs> is that come is on that in the here, ride kid. to Canopy Lake? How did they get that in the closet? As lions just there smoking a butt going, Come on in, children. Oh <laughs> So yeah, so that's that was how that episode closed. Uh, I thought that was a good button up to uh, kind of circle everything back towards the end. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, that's the conclusion of the episode. So as far as Lucky Louie goes, is there anything else about the show you want to bring up before we move on? No. I mean, I think we covered this pretty well. Uh, and I think we'll talk about it a little bit in our green lights or cancels. Uh, but I feel like uh, one thing that made me sad about this show is that when this was canceled, they were they had already written eight scripts for a second season. Yeah. And it's one of those things you're like, it's lost forever, but I would love to even just read those scripts. It is weird canceling a successful show. Yeah, like I said, they were, there was just this idea that it was like just too lowbrow for them, and HBO was really trying to look like a more classy affair at that point, and um, they just didn't see it as fitting in. And because of the nature of that show and the language used and everything, it's not like you just can pick up that show and, and, and pitch it to ABC or CBS at that point because it, it couldn't be the same show if it moved over. Hey, can't sell it to Netflix. Wasn't HBO one of the only networks, HBO, Showtime, the only ones that could show swears? Can, well, anything Any technically page channel on, stars. I, I, mean, I keep thinking that it's the 90s. Sorry, it's not 2006. No, and like even... It's weird because technically, like cable has more availability to do a lot of things, but they don't because of sponsors and ads and things like that. So that's why I don't hear a lot of following. I language. think after ten thirty, you can say basically anything on cable. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, I've seen plenty of movies. I've been very surprised, and I look at the time. And go, oh, okay. Yeah, that explains USA it. does that a lot. I noticed, like, it'll come on, like, right at, like, 11. That's why they played Silk like... Stockings and La Femme Nikita after, uh... I mean, That's this right. is probably around the time where South Park did the shit episode, where you, you were allowed to say shit on, on our cable TV for the first time. Oh, they just said it, like, 50 times. It was, like, more than that. I think whatever it was, like, the, 200 Whatever times. the limit was, they did one away from it. I can't remember the actual I thought it was like though. 200 or 250. Yeah. It was high. I it was a big number, yeah. But um, yeah, guys, that was a, that was a whole episode. So um, really nothing left to do at this point than the green light or cancel. Berg, I'll start with you. Uh, green light. I, um, I, I thought this show was really funny. Um, when I watched this all the way through was right after I finished Louie and I needed, I just needed more. And I'm like, oh, this is very different. And I was a little against it at the time because it was so different. But now going into it years later again, I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. It's, it's a really funny show. Great cast. Very underrated. Uh, I wish we could have got more, but we didn't. Uh, green light. Gordo. Uh, cancel. Um, I, it, aside from a plot point mirroring IRL, I enjoyed talking about the show with you guys more than I actually enjoyed watching the show. I don't know. It was just the, the way that it was delivered. Uh, I just didn't like it. Even though it's a humor right up my alley, I just didn't like it for some reason or another. I had fun chatting with you guys about it. I just, it's just something about the show. It was too long. I kept coming back to the length and being like, okay, that whole scene could have been cut. That I thought you said it was a good length. 
Was it more of a girth issue? Yeah, it was more of a girth, girthy issue. Um, no, it was just the length. I mean, it, in in I just didn't didn't like it overall. I enjoy talking with you guys as I do weekly, but it, it's a cancel for me. Joe. Well, I do agree with Gordo's sentiment that I did have a very good time talking about this with all of you this week. It's a green light for me. This is a big swing, and sometimes they don't work, right? And you can't just award somebody for taking a swing. But I think this one did a lot. The idea of mixing the sort of raunchy humor with a very classic Norman Lear-style sitcom, like two of my favorite things in one. This is like a chocolate in my peanut butter scenario for me. Uh, I loved this show when it came out. I'm very sad there weren't more of it. Uh, A little upset that it's off HBO Max now, so I'm going to have to go buy the DVD used so I can rewatch it. Uh, But yeah, Greenlight, I I laughed so hard at this, even though I've seen it a bunch of times, and I was actually really excited to talk about a lot of these jokes with you. You all. And um, Joe, since you mentioned it, uh, I know this was stylized to be like a, a Norman Lear's show. Was he involved in it in any way? I don't believe so. I'm sure that he probably consulted with him and talked to him about yeah. it. I mean, Norman Lear is still kicking today, right? He's, still he's like a hundred, right? Yeah, he's he like, like, he just turned a hundred. Yeah. I know. Um, Cause I, I, I'd read too, that it was stylized after his typical brand of show, but I didn't know if he actually was involved in any way. I believe the videotape thing is also a Norman Lear thing from like the eighties on. Cause it's like a way to give it like a unique, like more soft look, you know what I mean? Versus film. Yeah, so um, to go to me, uh, I'm also greenlighting it. So at this point, we do have three green lights. So congratulations to uh, Lucky Louie, regardless of Nick's vote, uh, which we'll find out uh, again. If you go to S1E1 Pod, you'll you'll catch his. There'll be a graphic later in the week. So if you want to know how he voted, uh, you'll see that full score there on a graphic. So again, go to S1E1 Pod for that. But uh, yeah, to get into oh, my Jay, green light, um, he did consult with Norman Lear to. Make he did. Show. Oh, okay. He consulted with him. He, he didn't work on it, but there was you know back and forth. So yeah. So to get into it, I picked the episode uh, really because I forgot about the show. Like I forgot that this even really existed. And I think Louis has just kind of been back in the forefront a little bit, and he's been doing some podcasts and stuff. And I don't know. It just it flagged my memory, and I hadn't watched it in so long since it was a new show. So I was like, I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to cover, especially where it was a sitcom that was using foul language and things like that. It, it's a different take on the standard sitcom that we're not used to. So I thought it would be interesting to see, does it work? Because it's easily, sometimes there are situations like that where because they can, they overdo it. But I like that this wasn't like, in a lot of ways, it was the sitcom that swears was kind of how it was pitched in a way, but they didn't lean into it or overdo it to a point where it was like distracting you while you were watching. And I thought just, um, the chemistry between him and um, his wife was great. I thought she, I said earlier, I thought it was like perfect casting. The two of them really meshed together really well. And uh, I, I just liked it. Um, I thought that some quality issues could have been improved on. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of budget into just dressing the sets and stuff again. I understand they're poor, but I mean, you could put something on the wall, like a shelf. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a green light for me. So again, that being said, congratulations to Lucky Louie. You do live on to see another day with us. Um, We are giving you the green light. Uh, Again, you'll know Nick's vote when we get that, and that'll be on a graphic on S1E1Pod. It's on Instagram. So go ahead and check that out. Give us a follow there. But, yeah, that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Catch us again next week. We'll have another episode for you. Thanks again. Hit us up. Goodbye. I think we got the best dirty freckled cock.
I think we got the best refrigerator, Barbie. 